0: You're listening to Your Magical Midlife, the podcast for women 40 and up. I'm Kate Higgins. I'm a licensed clinical social worker turned coach, and I'm here to be your guide, your friend, and your mentor. I'm here to light your way into your most magical midlife. Let's dive in. I have a very clear memory of being 18 years old and being a freshman in college. And it was the year that the B-52s released Love Shack and the Love Shack video. And if you're my age or older or around my age, or if you've seen the video, picture Kate Pearson dancing in a fringe go-go outfit and looking hot as hell. Now, I've always been a little obsessed with her. I'm going to come eye right out on that. She's like the coolest lady that ever walked the face of the earth. She is one of my icons. I think that she is so badass. I have this distinct memory of her in that video, looking amazing. And I remember right when that came out, I found out that she was 40 years old in that video. And when I was 18, I thought, oh my God, is that what 40 is going to look like for me or for anybody? That's my goal. I want to age like Kate Pearson in the Love Shack video. That's what I thought to myself when I was 18 and watching that. And meanwhile, I was surrounded by images of what it meant to be a woman in midlife. You think off the top of your head, who on television or who in pop culture is 40, 45, 50, 55, especially in the 80s and the 90s? Who were the people that were held up as this is how it's going to be when you are in the middle of life? And, of course, you think Mrs. Garrett from The Facts of Life. You think Edith Bunker. You think Mrs. Roper from Three's Company. You think of any dowdy, has-been-y woman who is hypersexual and a little desperate and either wearing a moo and has just given up and is eating ice cream in her recliner you know what? That doesn't sound that bad to me. Eating ice cream in a recliner. I might eat ice cream in my recliner tonight. Booyah! That sounds great. But back to what I was saying. You're either eating ice cream in your muumuu in your recliner, or you're wearing a too tight, inappropriate outfit, usually leopard print. You're a little too hypersexual to be appropriate, and it's kind of a joke. And You're desperate to hang on to the attention of your husband who wants nothing to do with you. I'm thinking Mrs. Roper, Peg Bundy from Married with Children, and Lana, that other desperate woman on Three's Company who was always chasing Jack Tripper around. Lana, come here, Jackie boy. And she was supposed to be, I don't know, was she supposed to be 40? I'm probably way older than Lana at this point. we get such a mixed message. I really want to hang on to Kate Pearson in the Love Shack video, don't you? Doesn't that sound so much more fun? Pop culture hands us a pile of poop. The women who were supposed to be over old, out of it, done, were probably, in retrospect, much younger than you think that they are that they were supposed to be. When I found out that when The Graduate was filmed, Anne Bancroft was, I hope you're sitting down when I say this, Ann Bancroft was 36 years old when she filmed The Graduate. And she was supposed to be desperate, hypersexual, menopausal, and desperate to hang on to her youth. She was supposed to be a woman who was afraid of losing her charms, competing with her, her daughter, who's obviously much younger. And this is the message that we get. We get the message that when you get to a certain age, that's it for you. There's no more sexiness. There's no more juiciness. There's no more fun. You're a desperate hag or you're totally washed up. And I would really like us as Gen Xers to reject that notion in its entirety. And I see a lot of it now, which is awesome. I see a lot of women my age taking care of themselves, dressing for fun and pleasure, doing what they want to do, living the lives they want to live, dating or not dating, wearing a miniskirt, or not wearing a mini skirt, wearing shorty shorts, or not wearing shorty shorts, but breaking free of that message that we definitely got. Now, my mom is deceased and has been deceased now for almost three years. And I've been spending a lot of time going through my parents' stuff because my father is now in a facility and the house is getting ready to be sold. So there's a lot of going through the things. And he's not like a particularly sentimental person. So there is just... And my parents were not organized. So there are boxes upon boxes of pictures in no particular order, mostly of my parents, together on the various trips that they went on. My dad was a business person. He traveled extensively throughout Europe and often took my mother with him or she would meet him partway through the trip and then they would have a vacation together. They were very lucky. And so there's lots and lots and lots of pictures of my mother now at my age, a little bit younger and a little bit older. And I look at her and She definitely doesn't look the way my friends look now. My friends are aging in a different way, and I'm sure you are too. I'm sure you're not a frowzy browsy, a frumpy-dumpy. I'm sure that you are having fun with your clothing, having fun with your fashion, having fun with your appearance. And then there's the other side of it there's the fear. And I see a lot of women in this category as well, especially now that I live in Sarasota, Florida, which is a relatively wealthy place. A lot of wives of investment bankers or women who made a lot of money on their own and moved here who are in real estate or in finance. A lot of people my age here, 52, 53, 55, are actually retired. Retired, wealthy people, and good for them. But I see a ton of Botox and fillers and possible facelifts for women who, in my opinion, for whatever this is worth are too young to have a facelift. Now, I know you could say, oh, well, women have facelifts at 40. And I think to myself, oh my God, that's way too young to get a facelift. You're barely aging at that point. Or at least I felt I was really barely aging at that point. At 40, I was still, well, I was at the beginning of performing burlesque. And I was in a troupe with two women who were much, much younger than me. Like 17 years younger than me and 12 years younger than me. And I don't think I looked out of place on stage with them, honestly. And I don't think I'm delusional to say that. And yes, I had the benefit of stage lighting, costuming, makeup, lashes, showgirl makeup, which is very, very exaggerated. And, you know, you kind of all look the same on stage. And it doesn't matter if I was 40 and they were like 28 and 24. Um, (laughs) I really do think, and maybe I'm delusional, that we kind of blended in. And I didn't look severely out of place. And I know a lot of women who are still performing in New York, who I won't out anybody, who are near my age, close to my age, a little older than me. I know a lot of women who are over 40 who are performing in New York. And I think they look amazing. And I don't think that they need to have a fucking facelift at 40. And I know from pop culture references that Elizabeth Taylor... Probably had her first facelift in her late 30s, which is an alarming thought. Way too young. She She is, was one of the most beautiful women who ever lived. And did she really need to be messing around with her face at 40? Probably not. There's so much pressure on us to look good. And it's like, can we put that down as being like, what is the line? Between enjoying your appearance and being obsessed with it, right? What is the fine line between loving your fashion, loving yourself, beautifying yourself, and being obsessed and being obsessed with maintaining? Can we walk a fine line here? I definitely am trying to. So, here are the things I am willing to do. To look good. And then I'll tell you the things I'm not willing to do to look good. So I get a lot of sleep. I try to get seven to eight and a half hours of sleep. I love to sleep. I exercise almost every day. I'm now in a new routine where, because I'm now self employed, I get up very early. I get up at 5.30 and I go for a six and a half mile walk at six o'clock in the morning. And it puts me in the right mood for the day. It gets me organized. It gets my brain working. And then I can be productive for the rest of the day. I find that I'm more focused and more productive when I'm doing this walk in the morning. And the walk is really to maintain my weight. It's not to lose weight. It's to maintain my strength, my bone health, my brain health, my mood, and to maintain my weight. I dye my hair every six weeks because I have some grays and also just my base color is just less vibrant than it was. Not that I remember it, because I've been dyeing my hair one color or another since I was 17. So I do that. And what else do I do? I get a pedicure. I wash my face. I use a retinol. I used to have an actual retinoid prescription, but it's so expensive, I let that go. So I don't do a lot I eat healthy. I eat the rainbow. I'm a vegetarian and have been a vegetarian for since 1989. How long ago is that? Almost 35 years. So that that's my whole, <laughs> that's my whole like youth preserving. Oh, and I wear sunscreen. I wear sunscreen and have worn sunscreen since the 90s when it became like ubiquitous and everywhere. So that's like my whole you know, youth preservation routine is diet and exercise, relative clean living. I drink like twice a week now and that's like one drink. And that's really it. Like I don't do Botox, but no judgment if you do Botox. I just find it's expensive and not cost effective. I've done Botox in the past. I did a couple of rounds of it in my early 40s, and I just don't feel it's worth the money because it fades so quickly. No filler for me. I think it looks bizarre. Even if it's done really well, I don't think it looks great. And what I would be willing to do but haven't done yet, I would be interested in getting veneers because I think that they do a lot for Making somebody look more vibrant as they age and my teeth are not in great shape. But that's like a $15,000 investment that I don't have the money for at this moment. I would do a brow lift again if I had the money, but I don't. And that's like permanent Botox. And that's really all I'd be willing to do at this point. I see some women who have really good, subtle fillers. But again, it's not really super cost effective. It needs to be constantly maintained like every six months. And it's not cheap. It's like $2,000 every six months. For me, not really worth it. I would rather just... I would really ideally... I would love to be totally fine with how my face is changing, but it's not easy. Ten minutes before I pressed record on this recording, (laughs) ten minutes before I started recording, I was in the bathroom and looking at myself in the mirror, and I thought, oh my god, I look so tired. I have bags under my eyes, and I have makeup on today. I have concealer on. I slept last night. And I just look tired. And I look tired because I'm 52. Closer to 53. I'll be 53 in January. So that's why I look tired. Because I am tired. Because I'm living my life. And I'm in the middle. And maybe there's nothing wrong with looking your age. I used to be so flattered that everybody thought I was much younger than I was. I used to like really like get a little thrill for it because I was always mistaken for vastly younger than I am. And I still get it occasionally. I used to really love the, you couldn't possibly be 41. You couldn't possibly be 37. You couldn't possibly be 45. I used to love it. Love it, love it, love it. In fact, I always looked super young. When I was first a social worker and working on an adolescent psych unit, I was, let me think, I must have been 30 when I worked on that unit. Yeah. I worked on that unit in 2001. And yeah, I was 30 on the nose. And my first day on the job, and this may speak to, My youthfulness, and maybe I wasn't wearing something so professional because this is the only explanation as to why this could have happened. I didn't have my key yet. And a psych unit, if you don't know this, psych units are locked and it's actually double locked. So there's a door and then there's like a little hallway and then there's another door, you know, to prevent (laughs) the kids from escaping. So I didn't have my key yet and it was time to go home. And I was, I tried to follow somebody out. And so I made like a little runny dash at the door and the psych tech, who was a gigantic man, saw me and grabbed me because he thought I was one of the adolescents trying to escape. Now they may, that may speak to my size. I'm a small person that might speak to maybe I wasn't wearing something that identified me as a staff person. Maybe I was wearing something ridiculous and let's let's admit it let's let's be honest. I w- often wear things that are silly and bright, you know maybe yeah, maybe my outfit wasn't the most professional, and that's why he thought I was so much younger, but I was often mistaken for a teenager or a young adult even well into my 30s and i think that's a lot to do with just my physical size i'm petite so people often just assume you're going to i don't know keep growing i don't <laughs> i don't know why people knock years off of me like i haven't finished growing yet but you know i stopped growing at about 18 so or 17 um yeah it's a strange thing the obsession with staying young looking young Is a strange thing. It's a strange thing to explore. And it would be great if we could keep the youthful spirit and accept our aging bodies. That would be really the goal. Because I often see very old, mostly women, very old women who have a youthful spirit. And... I think that's really the goal. Like, accept that your face is not young and embrace the spirit of being young. And to me, the spirit of being young is staying in the possibility. It's staying in the energy of exploring, learning, and growing. And that's really the best anti-aging cream that you can have is an attitude of possibility. And I think that's really the best place for me to leave this episode. But before I close, I am going to pull a card because this is what I'm doing. So I would love for you to focus and think for a moment. And you're going to hear me shuffling because, you know, why not add that sound effect? Shuffling. And I'm going to pull a card for this episode. And our card for this episode is the Queen. Oh, interesting. The Queen of Swords. The Queen of Swords is really the Crone of the day. (laughs) So it's hilarious that this is, is what's showing up for this episode. She is the card of the infinite wisdom of age. She is sure of herself. She is focused and she's old. She is wisdom. She is the highest wisdom that comes with the experience of aging, and she's an excellent card for this episode. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to Your Magical Midlife. I'm Kate Higgins, your host. You can follow me on Instagram at Your Magical Midlife. You can check out my offerings on my website, www yourmagicalmidlife.com. I offer one-to-one coaching, group coaching, retreats, a blog, and this podcast. Please remember to like, rate, and review to keep me in those algorithms. Have a great week. See you soon.